0: You are listening to the Tarot by Hillary podcast. I am Hillary of tarotbyhillary.com, professional tarot reader, demystifying the mystical and putting you in touch with the most beautiful of gifts your own intuition. Because, yes, my friend, you have intuition. and welcome to the call-in show Uh, I'm so happy to continue to be doing this for you guys and um, here's the thing (laughs) I'm gonna be real honest I have been doing some sort of live participation show for the past three and a half years. And I usually do it every week on um, my Tube of You and my Book of Face. So I do have a Tube of You channel. Um, I will provide that in the show notes. And hopefully you guys already know about the Tube of You channel uh, because of, um, well, at the time of the recording, the last episode um, of the podcast, that I produced was the, um, really in depth, how, how I do my card of the day videos. Basically, you know, if this, if this message is coming, is this message coming up in your feed? If so, it might be for you from the blank tarot deck, whatever tarot deck I happen to be working with that particular month. And I do go in depth, excuse me, I do go in depth in that episode uh, to basically explain um, what I do with the new deck um, is I kind of keep my experience or open my experience in learning that deck and working with that deck uh, up to the public, uh, up for my social media posts or um, doing an unboxing. So there is like in order Um, and there's a lot of show notes in that episode (laughs) and it's also a video episode as well. Uh, so you can see the uncut video right now. If you go over to my tube of view channel, um, I will provide that link in the show notes and you're probably already familiar with it because you're probably listening to this episode after in order (laughs) after listening, maybe recently to, um, to that particular episode of how I do my card of the day videos, step-by-step. Step. Um, because what I like to do when I get a new deck is I usually do an unboxing video, um, usually on my live stream, which happens every Friday night at 6 30 PM Eastern standard time. I've been doing that for three and a half years. Um, I can't believe I've been doing it for three and a half years, but, um, as of, as of August of 2023, I'll be doing it for four years, I believe. Um, So I usually do the unboxing video at the start of the month. And then for my card of the day polls, I will pull from that particular deck. And in doing so, and in giving the messages to myself and to others, um, I end up learning the deck, learning the similarities um, and the differences between the different decks that I work with. and. You know, up until recently, like there, there's this, there's this myth, and I think I've done a myth-busting episode, if not on the podcast, then then on my live stream, um, where people say you can't buy your own deck. Uh, you have to You have to either have it gifted to you or you steal it. Um, I am not a fan of that. Like, please don't. <laughs> let, me, let me bring my microphone closer to me as I encourage you not to steal. Please don't steal. Because <laughs> um, that's just bad karma all around. Um, and also, your tarot deck will work. Your tarot deck will work for you if you purchase it. You know, like that it's like that's a weird and dangerous kind of myth to keep on propagating that, you know, your tarot deck has to be gifted to you or um, or you have to steal it in order for it to work. And it's just like, that's not true at all. Um, Like, take it from take it from this here tarot reader who's been um, reading the cards since 16 years old, um, who's been reading professionally since 2005. I can't believe that either. <laughs> like I have bought plenty of decks for myself to use for myself and for my clients. And um, and they work just fine. <laughs> they work great. So and there is a chapter in my book, How to Read Tarot, uh, about choosing your deck and how to go about choosing a tarot deck because um, it's really amazing how many tarot decks are out on the market now. Um, And there's certainly way more um, than when I first started when I was 16. It was very hard to find a tarot deck. I just happened like my first tarot deck was (laughs) was a gift to my mom from me and then she gave it back to me and she said, "Oh, yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> but you might as well just read for me." And that's how I became a tarot reader. Like, did I have to go the professional route with my with my tarot reading? Like, no. It's a personal choice that every reader must make for themselves. Um but you know, if I had the wherewithal at 16 to be buying my own deck, um I probably wouldn't have chosen the deck that I chose that I that was my first tarot deck. By the way, it was the Tarot Nova. Um the Tarot Nova uh deck from um I think it was Dennis Fairchild and Julia Pashkis, I believe. Um and it came out a a fortune telling kit um from running press, I believe, but it was the, it was so cool guys. It was such a cool thing. It had like, um, it was like about an um, eight and a half by 11 size. um, And it had all of this like kind of vine work on it. Like it illustrated, it was kind of cartoony, but it was illustrated vine work and flowers and everything. And so that was, that was actually some of the imagery that was in the, uh the deck itself and also on the back of the deck um and it was just so pretty and it was like a black it was a black box with all of this greenery um green and pink and purple flowers on it it was very cool um and now actually I'm kind of like itching to find where where my where that deck is so I can show you guys um so. So, never mind about that, I know exactly where that deck is, and I think it's packed away in my to-go tarot bag, um, because I think it was last week I had an in-person client, um, and so I packed up my tarot bag, um, and that was one of the decks that I decided to bring with me. Um, by the way, I have a pretty extensive tarot deck collection, um, that... Most of them I use with clients. Um, There, I think, are only like one or two decks that I don't use with clients um, that I have deemed to be like my one and only for me, for like shadow work, for like really deep dives. Um, And that's the Mary L. Tarot by Marie White. That one's an intense deck. Um, I mean, you can can certainly... (laughs) You can certainly request any deck that I have by name um, for your reading, and I'd be happy to do so. But like, generally, uh, the Mary L. Tarot is out of my rotation with uh, tarot clients because they they don't usually ask for it. Um, the exception actually was um, a few years ago. I had a... Uh, um, I had a friend of mine gift me another copy of the Mary L. um for my birthday or some, I can't remember what it was. And it was very sweet of her to do so. And I felt so bad saying, because like she saw the look on my face and she's like, oh, you have that deck already, don't you? And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. It's so sweet of you. But But yeah, I have this deck already, like, do you want it? And and she was just like, keep it, keep it, hold on to it. You know, there's no uh, there's nothing to say that you can't have two copies of the same deck. And actually, I would encourage you if you are um, a professional tarot reader and you do like a deck um, and you want to make sure, like, especially if you're um, doing events, Uh, You might want to have a backup copy um, of a tarot deck that you particularly like or that you use um, commonly at events, like, for example, I have at least two if not three copies of um, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Um, They're not exactly the same, um, but I have like the Radiant Rider-Waite-Smith and then I also have the Reflective Tarot, which is based upon the Radiant Rider-Waite-Smith, but it's just iridescent and um, smaller. So. Um, I would really recommend if you are doing events um, and you have workhorse decks Decks that you frequently go to for events that you get yourself a backup copy um, Because you never you never know when a tarot deck will will go out of print and it'd be hard for you to get your hands on it again Um, and you never know what happens at event readings sometimes people will spill water or wine or beer on your cards and then what are you going to do you know like that's also the reason why I typically bring at least three decks to an event um that's one to allow people the choice of deck to be read from um and also for the the first reason that I just said just in case just in case somebody spills on your cards um and you need to um swap them out for a dry deck. Um, but also I would recommend having good boundaries and, you know, letting people know, hey, can you put put your drink somewhere else? <laughs> like put it away, far away from the cards, because this is my, this is my deck. This is my the these are my tools of the trade. You know, like let's let's respect the tools of the trade. But uh, I ended up giving that copy, that extra copy of the Mary Eltero, um, to a client of mine who really digged it and really liked it. Um, and I basically said to her, like, oh, well, you know, if you really like this deck, I do... I do have an extra copy and i'd be happy to to send it to you or drop it off or whatever you know like i'm, I'm happy to do so it's not like please don't pay me for it you know like you know i i, I just know that i'm not going to need an extra copy of it um and it was gifted to me so i'm gonna if you really dig it um and you're gonna use it for yourself like i'm happy to give it to you and so yeah okay <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just have that feeling about a deck or a client or a person and you're just like you know what this this deck is meant for you you know and that's that's maybe the reason why i was meant to have two so that i can give one to you so actually i was just thinking about that the other day um because I've been cleaning, um, going through some things, and I found the um, the thank you card from that person um, in like my pile of paperwork. So that was very sweet. Um, you know, that's raised in the same way that I was, where it's just like you send you send a thank you card if someone does you a solid. That's just what you're supposed to do. Um, anyway, speaking of event readings, I did have a question. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. I don't necessarily know if I have permission to share the person's name. Um, but that's okay, but I will share their question. I'm going to go ahead and answer their question. Um, can you tell me how, how to deal with heavier questions at gigs? So we were talking about events a little bit before and, um, Oh, I have a couple of questions coming through. <laughs> so let me, let me answer some of these one at, one at a time. Uh, maybe I'll split off the episode into um, several different episodes or maybe it's just gonna be one episode where I'm answering three different sets of questions. Who knows? Um, okay, so the first question is, how do you deal with, shoot, where did I put it? <laughs> how to deal with heavier questions at gigs or events? Um, and how I do that. It's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, how I do that is I, before it happens, or as I'm, as a person sits down at my table at an event, um, I will, I will kind of manage expectations like either through the words that i say or you know putting out the energy basically saying a little like prayer or spell or intention that it's just like let's keep this light um you know this keep let's keep these these questions um fairly surface um because i believe that at an event or a gig um when you're reading for many people um you know like then is not the time to get into get deep with someone um that that is for a one on one uh tarot reading that's my my belief um you know and if if it does get deep that's when i will recommend for them like here please take my card you know i only have we only have time for one question we only have time for 5 minutes or 10 minutes i have other you know i have like i'll i'll look you know i'm very like at at a at an event, I'm very aware of my surroundings and the space and um, the line, basically, that may be backing up when I'm working with somebody. And that's not to say that I'm not paying attention to the reading and the reading that I'm giving in that moment. But I'm also like, in the periphery, I'm seeing if my line is backing up, or I'm seeing if people are starting to gather around. And I also like this is the reason why I have a timer as well. Um, It's not to it's not to, um, you know, turn people off or send people away. It's simply a boundary. You know, it's just like, this is this is how much time that I have. Like, it's like, I'll, I start the clock and it's usually five minutes or 10 minutes. It depends on how many people are expected to be read for at the gig. And sometimes with public events, um, you know you're not going to be you're not going to be able to read for everyone. You're just not, you know, at a 200 person event and you're the only tarot reader, like I don't like that ratio. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's a lot. Um and even if you had um you know two readers at a uh, 200 person event, like that's 100 for me, 100 for you, like, and however long the gig is, could be two hours, like, that's a lot of readings to get through. And you're just not going to be able to read for everybody like the that time constraints are a real thing. Um, So part of the way I'm going to answer this question is that, you know, um, the very nature of a gig like that, I think people can expect that you're not going to go too deep too quickly. And that's not to say that it won't happen, but I try and set the intention that it's just like, this is, this is like a taste. This is a taste. This is an amuse-bouche. This is an appetizer of what I do. Um, And you know, I can answer like maybe one question or give some clarity to a situation, but you know, we're not going to get, we might not get all the way there just simply with the constraints of time and the amount of people that I have to read for. And that's just a reality. Now for private events, um, I used to give the spiel to each individual person that came up to my table and now, and, um, you know, a couple events that I did, um, more recently, the person, the host, um, just pulled me to the front of the room and basically it was just like, this is Hillary. She's a tarot reader. She's here to read cards for everybody, you know, um, and then, and, and then like gives the floor over to me to say whatever I need to say to the group. Um, and so in that way, I can manage expectations where it's just like, listen, like if you're interested in getting a reading, you totally can, I'll be sitting over here or I'll be upstairs or I'll be at the designated table, like come sit with me if you want to, if you don't want to, that's totally fine as well. Because I've had moments where I've been in the front of the room and I've seen like, <laughs> the people divide. <laughs> and the people that are really eager for reading, like, go to one side of the room. And the people that, like, want to keep as far away from me as possible will go to the other side of the room. Um, and it's like, and that's totally okay. Like, I get it. I get it. It's a very polarizing um, thing, this tarot reading. Um, so people kind of self sort in that way. Um, but then I'll also say, you know, like, I don't fight hard um (laughs) you know um i i do say like my spiel is just like most of the time i'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know on some level um and you know i will i will also kind of put in there since i'm addressing the group you know all the things that i would want an individual person to know um when they sit down at my table but that way i'm kind of like setting the scene so that i don't have to have 20 to 30 individual conversations about tarot and how it works i can just do it in one shot and um i found it to be very like easier that way um so in that space where i'm addressing everyone i would probably say like you know i'm not i'm judging on how many people that are over on this side of the room (laughs) once i said like hey i'm a tarot reader um like I'll be able to spend either 5 to 10 minutes with with each person um if and if you want to come come in in pairs of two or you want to like listen to your friends reading your friend wants to listen to your reading like that's totally fine you know as long as you have your friends permission um You know, like, I don't care. (laughs) Because people have asked me that too. They're just like, is it okay if we both sit down? And I'm just like, yeah, it's totally fine if you both sit down, as long as the person that the reading is for is okay with it. Totally fine. Um, So, all of those expectations um, are kind of laid out before the event happens or before the reading happens like if i'm able to address the group um as a whole and and manage the expectations i will do that and i will also say i'm only going to have time for five minutes a person or ten minutes a person so like the readings will be simple and they will pro- most likely be surface. I can only, I only have time for really one question. Um, and so in setting that expectation, I kind of, um, set the tone for it's Just like, this is not the time to like be blubbering at my table, um, and ta- and taking up a lot of my time because that's kind of disrespectful to the hosts, um, and, and other people who also want a reading, um, now, that being said <laughs> so start with managing expectations that being said i'm pretty sure the meat of the question is not necessarily managing expectations but like what do you do when it gets it gets heavy in the space of a reading which has totally totally happened um though the one thing that um the, like I'm, I'm, there's there's several instances of this, but the one that comes to mind, a memory that comes to mind about this was that I was doing a bachelorette party, um, in the city, and um, and so, and and actually, the time that this bachelorette party happened like they had booked me they said we're going to be at this boutique hotel blah 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 blah." um you know come come in through the lobby i think it was in the meatpacking district if memory serves but that that doesn't matter (laughs) that's not an integral part of the story but it's just like you know parking's over here and um and we'll like we'll meet you we'll meet you down in the lobby and then we'll 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 bring you up. Um and so I ended up being my reading table was the couch next to me in this in this very nice hotel room um in which was being split with like the whole, you know, bridal party. It was very nice. The the very very nice women, they had music going, um music and drinks going and then people would come over to the couch that I was sitting on and um basically I used it as a sitting place but also a table for the cards or a surface for the cards and so we were kind of like having this conversation over the cards next to each other on the couch and the cards were between us for each of the people um and I remember this one woman um and she was very she was very very beautiful and she was she was Like, you wouldn't, like, the cards that came up, I'm not going to remember the cards that came up. Um, Don't even remember her name. Don't remember anything about it. Sacred Amnesia for the win. Um, But I do remember that the cards that came up and how she looked physically did not match. Like, it was just, like, you are so strong. You're so this. You're so, like, and it's just, like, you're, like, you're... I don't know what happened, but like the fact that you're here right now is kind of a miracle and like, good for you. Like, I don't know what happened, but like, you have to, you have to acknowledge and be grateful that like, whatever happens, like it is a triumph that you're sitting here and she just burst into tears. And so I would say that's a great example of a heavier reading. (laughs) What do you do? When there's a heavier reading um here's what i did um make sure that you have tissues i know you don't want to I, I i know you want to keep it light and surface when you're doing a gig um like a, a public gig or you know even a private gig but make sure you have your tissues because things happen um so i handed the girl a tissue and um i let other people you know help her because I'm there to read. And while it is my responsibility to read the cards to the best of my ability um, and also make sure that the person is not feeling worse than how I found them before the reading, um, there are just certain things that I can't control and I have to move on to the next person. And so, um, you know you try and keep it light and i i believe about 80% of the readings were you know light surface in and out get the question get the get the clarity onto the next person but you know there was that 20% where i had to do the reading to the best of my ability give the message that i was supposed to give um and i allowed her friends to to take care of her and I was just like and I did keep on checking in and just like, is she okay? Are you okay? And and they were all like like thumbs thumbs up, like absolutely because they they heard her reading too and so i don't need to know the details i i do like to know the details sometimes i do get a little bit nosy from time to time it's human nature um but at the same time it's just like as long as the reading made sense and was helpful to that person that's all that really matters um so she got escorted away by her friends and she was crying and you know there were tissues and you know discussions but she was like on the other side of the room and so I kept my like eye on her but then I had to move on to the next person so um and that was also the the timing of that um they it was a group that had come from Boston and it was literally a week after um the Boston Marathon bombing so I don't know if the reading that I gave was related to that, but I certainly did not know before that reading that that's where they were from. Um, and and as soon as as soon as I heard <laughs> that they were from Boston, I, I put two and two together. I'm just like, oh my God, guys, like you know, you could have canceled. Like I would have under like I would have understood. And they were just like, no, absolutely not. Like we 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 all talked about it. We felt very strongly that we were gonna, you know, do live our lives and do what we we had planned to do. And that's exactly what we're doing. This is a celebration not only of like this upcoming marriage, but also life. And you know, we're we're not gonna be afraid. We're not going to let let fear uh stop us, which I thought was very inspiring. So um that was a very cool group. And by the way, if you guys are listening, like you guys were awesome. <laughs> you guys were awesome. I hope to see you again, read for you soon. Um but that's an example of, you know, you you set expectations, you manage those expectations as best as you can, but you know what? Sometimes heavy shit is gonna happen during a gig or a public event and you just have to um you know, hand them a card and say, you know, if you like, I'm sorry, we're out of we're out of time. I hope I gave you enough to chew on to go on. And you know, if you want to, if you want to contact me um, for a longer session, you totally can. Um, And that's not skeevy, that's not marketing, that's not salesy. That's just the nature of this business. Sometimes we're not going to be able to answer all the questions that we're meant to answer. um, No matter how long the reading is. You know there is still that unknown portion or that unknown element. So thank you very much for your question. I hope um, the answer helped. Uh, next question. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Um, this next question is um oh uh, court cards. All right, I'll try. I'll try and answer this one. I hate court. I hate court cards. I hate them. I don't like them. <laughs> so the question is, I don't think you've done your own episode on the court cards yet. Um, so this is an acknowledgement that um, I am a member of another podcast, Card Slingers Coast to Coast, um, which I co-host with uh, Jamie Elford and Melissa Snova, We're three fire sign tarot readers. Um good grief, our poor clients. (laughs) Um, What we did do an episode, I believe, on the court cards, but um, I haven't done my own standalone episode on the court cards. Um, But here's the question on the court cards. Why are they so difficult? Who are they? What energies can they represent? And that was one of the hardest things for me to get comfortable with when I was first learning. Um, So yeah, (laughs) court cards and... And why are they so difficult? Um, here's the thing, my experience with court cards, um, has not been as bad because I just, like, sometimes ignorance really is bliss and, um, I didn't treat the court cards any differently really than the other cards of the tarot, where it was just like the emper- the empress is the empress. Uh, the two of swords is the two of swords, and the queen of wands is the queen of wands. I didn't put them up on a pedestal, and I think that that really helped me to not make as big a deal with them and not get so hung up in the way that other people seem to get really hung up about the court cards. Um, I feel I feel like I have talked about the court cards though um, on the live stream. Um, like I went in depth on my live stream, so I'll try and, um, include the, the links for that in the show notes, um, so that I can explain a little bit more in depth about the court cards and give you some tips and tricks. Um, but the other day, um, I think we had, um, I don't know if I've produced this podcast episode yet, or if it was another aspect of what I do, it might've been like a separate conversation with one of my tarot students i don't know but court cards did come up um this was also a person that was having trouble with reversals which i totally get um and you know some some decks uh seem to work really well with reversals, and other decks feel complete without doing reversals. Um, so I think this was within the same conversation that I talked about court cards, but they were really stuck on court cards um, in much the same way as this this listener I is talking about. And I said, well, what do court cards most represent to you? And they were like, people. And I was just like, okay, then then your experience of the tarot is when a court card comes up, it's person. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to. Like, you have to learn how to work with the tarot and the language of the tarot in your own way so that it makes sense for you, so that you can strengthen your personal connections with the tarot or with that particular deck that you're using. Um, and also so that you can understand them better to be able to interpret them better. And we're all going to have this tarot shorthand that is going to be specific to us um and so i said you know court cards are people for you maybe for another person court cards are situations or energy or um or traits that you need to embody to be able to get you through this particular situation that you asked about better Um, so that's my experience with court cards. Um, I also found the work of Sasha Graham in her book, Tarot Diva, to be very helpful because she has an entire chapter on the court cards and how they represent, like, I think she used a high school as, (laughs) excuse me, I think she used a high school as an example. And so, like, the knights would be the jocks. And that's probably not exactly what she said, but keep in mind that I am um, thinking about this or quoting this, um, roughly paraphrasing from my memory. Um, But she said like, the pages are the interns or the knights are, knights are the jocks or the queens are your English teacher um, or like the queen of swords is your English teacher or, you know the king of wands might be your your coach or your gym teacher or you know so Her work um, in Tarot Diva helped me to really understand the court card's energy and the fact that there is a reason for them, um, that, you know, they are separate to the rest of the tarot deck um, and here's the reason why and here's what they represent, Um, not just as, um, you know, Queen of Wands as as part of the wand suit but as a part of the court card energy where you have four queens you have four kings you have four knights you have four pages um so it's just like they are beholden to their suit but they also kind of jive with each other as well so why are why are they so difficult i think it's because we make them difficult in our heads by putting them up onto a pedestal that's my that's my take on it. Um, again, all all opinions expressed in the Tarot by Hillary podcast are mine and mine alone. <laughs> so um, what energies can they represent? Um, I... You know, queens can be um, nurturing leaders. Um, kings usually will represent mastery of the suit, um, and sometimes, like I, I think, I think I did mention this during my court card deep dive on the live stream, where. Um, you know, my viewers and I were discussing the different energies of the court cards and we realized about like the Queen of Cups and the King of Cups, for example, where the Queen of Cups have a, has a lid on her cup and the King of Cups doesn't. So I'm just like, what could that represent symbolically? Could it be that like the Queen is really, like the Queen of Cups in particular is really the mastery of emotions? And it's almost like, the order of that particular court should be page of cups, knight of cups, king of cups, and then queen of cups is the master. So very interesting discussion. um, And I would also recommend that as a tool for you um, about court cards, like one don't put them don't put them so much on a pedestal Two. Ask yourself how you will approach court card energy and whether or not you're going to have a fixed approach to it where they're they're always people or they're always energy or they're always personality traits. Um, Because I think having that that strict container can really help to open up the meanings for you or the personal connections for you. And then three, look at the symbols look at the symbols and be guided by the symbols that are on the court cards i hope that helped Ooh, good questions good questions um well according to um rachel Pollock in her book 78 degrees of wisdom the minor cards show aspects of life as people actually live it so keep that in mind when you're looking at the minor arcana and the court cards. Yeah, so according to my book, and uh, it's on page 122, uh, if you're following along at home, uh, court cards are, so for the pages would be a message, youth, children of the tarot. Knights would be defend and fight for their kingdom, which would be that suit that they defend um and the brash teenagers of the tarot and i say that all the time so like if you if you've ever gotten a reading from me like you know that i think of the knights as the brash teenagers of the tarot and then depending on which suit they fall into it um helps to either enhance or mitigate their level of bravado so like for example um the and I, I did, I did write this in the book. Um, the Knight of Wands is the brashest of the brash, <laughs> like the brashest of the Knights um, because of that fire energy. While um, while the Pentacles, the Knight of Pentacles is usually the more sedate and slow. So anyway, uh, Queens are about intuition, receptivity, nurturing and empathetic. And Kings are about mastery, mature, competent and strong. Um, and also one other final note about court cards is look at different decks and how they represent their court cards. Like, for example, if you look at a Thoth deck, um, the court of a Thoth deck is a little bit different than a Rider-Waite-Smith-based court. So take a look at that and compare and contrast and see, you know, what you make of that, what your... What your Um, what your notes say about your understanding of the court cards from that comparison or that contrasting. Um, Look at different decks and how they depict the court cards. For example, there's a lot of nature-based decks um, that call uh, aces the essence of fire or the essence of earth or the essence of water. so that renaming element may help you to understand court cards a little bit better like um the guy in tarot i know has um different naming conventions for the court cards um another great example of this is the wild messengers alchemical tarot um yeah i think wild wild messengers alchemical tarot um and hopefully i'm not confusing that deck with the Alchemical Tarot by Robert M. Place, which is the deck that I'm working with this particular month. Um, but yeah, a lot of nature-based um, decks will rename their court cards in order to fit with the theme of the deck um, and kind of make a departure from like the pages, the kings, the queens, uh, the the kings. Like you'll see master of or teacher of or initiate of um, and, you know, see what you can make about that um, as compared to traditional naming of the court cards. So final final court card tip for you. All right. Bibliomancy. Okay, so bibliomancy and a tip about reading Major Arcana. So this is page 106 that I flipped to uh, Interpreting Major Arcana. It's the start of that chapter. Um, So and actually, this is homework for you. Let's 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 do this as a homework assignment, um, because there is such a thing as a majors only deck. So let me just read from the book and then I'll give you your homework. So general structure and archetypes, the major arcana are the 22 cards in a 78 card tarot deck. The major arcana cards embody archetypes that many people see as familiar in life's journey. They can sometimes be used as a tarot tarot deck alone or in combination with the remaining minor arcana cards in a deck, or sometimes a deck can be entirely majors only and don't include a minor arcana at all. Most modern decks, however, will have all 78 cards a deck creator may choose to include additional cards as their perspective or artistic vision dictates or choose to rename major arcana cards to fit with their deck's theme. So, what I would recommend, if you have my book, I would recommend reading that chapter. If you're if if you happen to be going through my book um, you know, as a reference tool, um go right to that chapter, read that chapter, and then what I would recommend is take out all of the majors in your tarot deck. If you happen to have a tarot deck of 78 cards, take out all the majors, um, put those majors aside and do a reading, an experiment. This is an experiment. It's also your homework, but it's also an experiment. So if you can choose to do this or not, whatever, um, do a reading with just the 22 of the major and then write down your notes and then do the same reading, ask the same question or situation and do it with the remaining cards. So you're doing a reading with majors only and then you're doing a reading with minors only. Then if you wanna take it one step further, reintegrate the majors into the minors so that you have your 78 card deck complete again ask the same question. Write notes, see how the reading differs or is the same, and let me know how that works for you. And I'm going to be doing this too, because I just got this idea. (laughs) So I'm going to be doing that too. Um, And, you know, maybe we'll check up on that homework next time on The In Show. So once again, I am Hillary, professional tarot reader and EFT practitioner, demystifying the mystical and putting you in touch with the most beautiful gifts, your own intuition, because yes, my friends don't argue with me, you have intuition and um i hope to see you next time um on the tarot by hillary podcast um or on my live stream that i do every friday night 6 30 p.m eastern standard time on my tube of you channel or my book of face channel so more information can always be found on my website and you can also book a reading either a tarot reading an EFT tapping session, or a combination of the two. I would recommend a combination of the two. Um, you can do that on my website, tarotbyhilary.com Have a great week, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tarot by Hillary podcast. Please leave a kind review wherever you subscribe to your podcasts and let me know what topics I can cover in the next episode.